As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of The Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Hey! It's New Year. It's Monday. We're we're back. First pod it's, of the new year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Huge shout out to everybody listening uh, throughout 2020. It was obviously a roller coaster of a year, um, to say the least. And we appreciate you guys sticking with us through months of no basketball, where we still <laughs> had podcasts, where we were talking nonsense and doing trivia shows and whatever we uh, appreciate you guys continuing to to listen and follow along and uh it's it's going to be an interesting season with this team uh with regards to the play on the court which we'll get to today uh i believe they'll continue to make trades so i think that's always interesting and then we will get to the nba draft earlier than we usually do because it's going to yeah. be a huge part of the Thunder rebuild. The 2021 draft is going to be, I believe, a large chunk of the Thunder's rebuild. So it's uh, it's exciting. It's going to be an exciting year on many levels. And let's just start with their win in Orlando. They, they played really well. Such a bad night. <laughs> <laughs> we had six players in double digits. Mm-hmm. Uh, including the, really the highlights from that night, if you're just talking about the rebuild, is Darius Baisley was super good. He was yep. legitimately great. Outplayed Aaron Gordon on both ends, which should be highly embarrassing <laughs> to Aaron Gordon. It was it was an embarrassment. Uh, he finished with 19 well, points, 12 what well what 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 uh what is your current evaluation of Aaron Gordon what's the value of him on the open market say in in picks or in cereals whatever cheese <laughs> we we already know that you don't know anything about them so we will not use oh, them as scale no. uh, <laughs> i would say he's worth a first round pick what kind of protection are we talking about? 
he's probably worth like a top 10 protected first round pick. Mm-hmm. So you would, you would trade the possibility to draft a guy in early lottery for Aaron Gordon. Depending which, on where my team was, yeah. I think he could help some teams that have good players. I think that's his destiny, is to play on a team that already has good players. Like If you could somehow just throw him on to Portland without having to trade CJ, where he's your third or fourth guy, great. I don't know. I I have, to me, is slightly better Kelly Oubre. Oh, shoot. That's bad. Maybe a tad better. A tad better. If you, you got a first-round pick for Oubre. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Not tons better. I mean... I mean, it won't be a first-round pick. It won't be. Um, but lottery protected, maybe yes. But to me, he's a... Uh, would you get? Would you prefer having him or Covington? Um, to me, it's not even a question. Like I know really? the upside is still young. Yes, yes. If well, if I'm a team that wants to rebuild, that I am like he's no use to me. Uh, if I'm a team that wants to win, like no way, no way. Uh, like Portland will not do Covington for Aaron Gordon to me today. And that is maybe I'm wrong. That is maybe sad. I'm wrong. I I think I probably would. I think it gives you a higher ceiling. Covington's Covington's good. But he was awesome in the playoffs. He was awesome. He in could the do playoffs. Yeah, yeah. He did exactly what a championship team wants. Like defense, maybe not enough on ball, but okay. And like draining trees every single game mm-hmm. and playing high level defense. This is what you want. Yep. Can Aaron Gordon hit trees, hit trees at the same rate as Covington? Can he play better defense on average? Maybe what, not. What? <clears throat> Maybe not. To me, I mean, if you can develop a guy like that, great. Do I want to lure him out of Orlando just to see if I can do better? No. Mm. I think you're hitting on why he's still in Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. Because the value is not like Orlando will not trade him for a top fifteen protected first round pick. No, I would not trade Bays for a top fifteen protected first round pick. Ooh, top fifteen protected? Yeah, probably not. No, no, he's no. been he's been lottery good. Yeah, he's yeah, been- lottery good. Which which can be still being uh, Mo Bamba in terms of development. He can be great this year and, well, Mobamba was not even great for one season. Um, but you can have lottery talent being great one season, Michael Carter-Williams, if you want, and then being a guy that you would probably, like three, four years in their development, be willing to trade a uh, top 15 protected for something for him. But yeah. not today. Yeah. Like, I would... So, he's, he was actually the better player. This is what I... In terms of value around the league, I think. As stupid as it sounds, because Aaron Gordon is like a, a real player. Basically, mm-hmm. is not. But but in terms of value for a team like OKC, there's no... To me, it's not a question. Did you say Baisley's not a real player? No. I mean, it's a player that has a story in this league. Basically, it's just started. He's a player that yeah. you don't know what, what you can get night in and night out. With Aaron Gordon, you know, he's uh, a real player. 
Yeah. In in that sense, I'm sure. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, Bay's showing flashes. He's got a yeah. consistency. Is the is the next step? Like we have yeah. guys that have shown a lot. Like Dort has shown some crazy flashes. Uh, even Pokushevsky yeah. has shown some really good flashes from a passing standpoint. Uh, mm-hmm. Tail Maladon was great in Orlando. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but the next step is: Can you do that every night? Can you do it? Four out of five nights. That's yeah. what we're talking about with these guys. And we haven't seen that from anybody but Shea. And I know that some people may be down on Shea. Uh, I don't think you really should be. But mm-hmm. he's the o- Shea is the only young guy that has shown an ability to do it night in, night out on both ends yeah. of the court. So, But Baisley, that was a big step for Baisley, I thought, in Orlando. He was two of four yeah. from three, seven of ten from the field overall. He's hitting all kinds of shots. I mean, to me, that's the big that's the big deal with him. Exactly. Is that he can hit a variety of shots. And that's what really good players do. If he was just sit parked in the corner and just if he hit five threes, let's say. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Like that's great. And that's nice to know that that's there. But I wouldn't be as excited as I am today about Baisley because he hit that mid-range jumper off the dribble, step back. Okay, that's that's something. That's I can't I I can't manu or I'm not shooting well or I'm I can't manufacture something. Let me go. I need to get to my spot, which I, that kind of seems like one of his spots, just beyond the free throw yeah. line. If I can get to that spot, I know I can hit that jumper. And that's a big deal for somebody his age to establish something like that. That's what scores do. That's like what real scores do. Not just role players, but like a real score. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last year we saw that with uh, Dan Schroeder. We saw that with Chris Paul. There is a shot they, they, they like to get when everything else fails. And you can see that uh, the move that, Chris does on big man is his go-to and will ever revert to that all the time and you will never be able to guard it because you know that he has all the other options now with basic is great because you see on certain moments where you miss a shot it's there was a moment when he had to take a three and it was clear to me that he knew from the beginning that that shot has no possibility to go in Mm -hmm. because it, it wasn't in his in his rhythm uh, that wasn't his shot, but he had to take it anyway. And so it's a, it's a learning process, and, it, and it's great that he trusts already some of his movement. And uh, I was talking to uh, with John uh, on After Dark, after the game, about the fact that his passing, I think, right now is not a focus, not just for him, but in general. Like This team has already many guys that can make a pass and, and create, and I think that Baisley... Basley's task is not to be a primary creator. Uh, and maybe it will never be, but I think that he has the ability to do more with the bowling sense. And the line is already uh, pretty full. If you if you want Shea to be able to penetrate, if you want Dort to be able to penetrate, so it's fine to use Basley as a spot of shooter for a lot of time, but he's able to do more with the ball. And he has good good handle for his size, uh, something that Poku will learn in due time. Um, and so I think that 
there is another, another level to go to, not just in terms of scoring, but being an overall efficient player. Uh, I remember the first few games last year where he was just penetrating and dishing. Uh, that part was not really in full display, but it's, I think, by design. He's working on other stuff, which is awesome. I mean, it always reminds me, uh, and I always laugh when I read that Thomas' year was wasted in OKC or something. I mean, he was working on different things. He was asked to do different things. He was not bad. He was just asked to do things that were not inside his comfort zone. And I think it's important. And for Baisley, maybe having the ball more uh, is better. Poku clearly wants the ball, but you have to learn to do other stuff. It's not about your comfort zone. It's about going out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And I think that this applied to Maladon as well, which was more aggressive than usual. And the results were... <laughs> incredible i was so impressed yeah by the way in which he played yeah he was so good uh miguel Devella in the chat by the way if you're listening to the podcast you can follow us on youtube and watch us live and join in and become part of the show uh miguel wants to know where bays would go in the 2020 draft if he was somehow inserted into that this past draft to me, you get to like seven, eight, nine, ten, and that's mm -hmm. about the range where I would say that's where I would take him. Because you go Edwards, Wiseman, Weissman. I think I might be doing I that for know, his whole whatever. career. Uh, Lamelo, Patrick Williams, Okoro, Okongwu, and yeah, then, I think it's safe. It's safe that like even even Obi Toppin. I think that even if yeah, I would not draft him before, but the consensus would have been topping before him. I think you can discuss you can discuss a guy like Adbia. You can discuss Jalen Smith. Who, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that big. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I mean, I hated the Cam Johnson pick, and it turned out to be okay. Um, I have to go back. I would probably be drafting someone else at that spot anyway. Yeah. Jalen Smith. I mean, why? Just why? You have right there Tyrese Halliburton. Even I would Devin Tyrese Vassell. Halliburton. Devin Vassell. Yeah. 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 Over, over I was thinking, uh, compared to, to Baisley. I don't know. Uh, I think that between 9 and 13 is where he should be taken. I agree. Um, in this draft. It's early for Killian. It's early for Killian Hayes, but man, he has not looked good. Yeah, uh, Detroit was playing Jeremy Grant, Blake Griffin, and the center, uh, my my Mason Plumley. Yeah, Plumley. At a certain point, it's not easy to play that way, but still, still, he's not looked great. Uh, no, yeah, Halliburton fell way too. I mean, everybody knew that on draft night. Everybody was saying it on draft night fell way too far, and now yeah. we're saying it again. <laughs> he fell way too far. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, to me, Tyrese is in play at if any other team but Cleveland is there, you have to take a look at Tyrese. Mm -hmm. Because I agree that you have Sexton, you believe in Sexton. Mm -hmm. There is a good chance, good chance that Tyrese is not good as Sexton. But even then, I mean, he's a secondary ball handler that can do multiple things with the ball and space the court for you. Why not? <laughs> Just I, I get the Okoro pick. I, I really get it. I, mm -hmm. I probably 
would have been torn between the two. But yeah. after him, I mean, he's in place. Yep. Yep. I agree. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com dunk. That's linkedin.com dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, Ali88 wants to know our thoughts on Hami's game in Orlando. I thought that was probably his best game. Of, uh, it, was, it was his best game of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 12 points, 8 Definitely. boards. He, he made pretty good decisions besides one step back jumper that was mind-blowingly no. bad. Uh, but beyond that, he was good. He was really using his athleticism, which if he's going to be anything in the NBA, it's just that he's going to have, he just has to out-athlete everybody with his quickness, yeah. with his uh, jumping ability, with his strength, because he is elite in those, in only those aspects of the NBA. Like that's, yeah. that's him. And yeah, it's, it's all, what's really holding him back is just his ability to make good decisions. Because if he could be a good decision maker, then he's actually got like a high ceiling. I just don't know that he can get there. But, you know, if he can have one of these games every once in a while, cool. Yeah. Uh, not too many, though. Uh, you were talking before about consistency. And if everyone starts to be consistent, this team is not too good to tank, but not very good for tanking purposes because... Yeah. It will be not the worst team in the league. But but anyway, uh, about Hami, um, I remember I was watching the game uh, and I thought when Dort had his third, I think, called on, on Ross and Hami was tasked to guard him and Ross was scorching hot. Yep. I said, oh boy. Well, I was happy because, oh yeah, now it's it's <laughs> Ross time and okay, see, we'll... <laughs> I know. And, and Hami did pretty well. I would say... Almost better than Lou. 
because he was very active on screens, uh, is a little bit uh, shiftier uh, than Dort uh, navigating screens. And like Dort is is just a tank, and if he goes through screens, it will either crash into the screener or onto the guy that is actually using the screen. Yep. So it's harder for him to guard uh, quick players on screens. Hami did a very good job, and I was really pleased because this is where I think Hami has a lot of room for improvement. And if he becomes a very good defender, which is not today, or at least over the past two years, he was not a good defender. Now, if you have that kind of player who can manufacture basket at the baskets at the rim and maybe hit a corner three once in a while, plus being a good defender, yeah. This is a guy that can crack a nine-man rotation in uh, any team. Yeah. And and again, I would be very happy. The decision-making, to me, is not where it should be. So he will never be a top priority for me to develop a guy like that. But if he works hard enough, and I'm sure he's working because the defense was really good against Ross, which is not a guy that is easy to guard, uh, then, then maybe OKC has something. And mm-hmm. yeah, the more young guys you have, the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Manteo really showed a lot against Orlando. Yeah. 12, 12 points, four assists, three boards, one steal, only one turnover. Yeah. He, he demolished Cole Anthony. Oh, and who could have called that one? Who in the world could have called that one? My gosh. We got a tweet saying that we were tipped about going into Teo Maledon. I promise you, we were just lazy. It was not just... No one Who said told that? us to... I don't remember. Um, I, I can check. Um, someone tweeted, well, admit that you were tipped because you did it really last minute. Yes, because we were extremely lazy. <laughs> and we had the idea of, well, no one is talking about Maledon. Why should we? And then... You know what happened? We just I think watched what the game. Was say, I th- we one of us was watching him, right? And we're like, oh, yeah, crap. yeah. I think it was it was just like you watching some um, some YouTube. You send a YouTube link and said, "Well, yeah, I'm watching a full game. We should really discuss this." Yeah, it was just over the last weeks uh, before the draft, and yeah, we decided to go. But yeah, yeah, he he was really solid, and that's that's probably the best descriptor for him is that mm-hmm. he's steady and he's going to be able to shoot the ball and yeah. he can has really good vision in the half court which is really important for a point guard. Yeah. I don't I mean he's got some real potential in there and I kind of hope that when they trade George Hill because it's definitely when they do because he's been so good. <laughs> For the Thunder, I mean, he would start and play 35 minutes for the Nets today. Yeah. I mean, he's he's that good, and he would yeah. help them quite a bit. He could help a ton of teams. They're going to trade him. It's just going to happen. But when they do, sure. I know that this is like a kind of small three-guard lineup, but I would like to see them just start him and play him with Shea and Dort. Because that's just yeah. a really fun, versatile lineup. And I don't really care if they have a real backup point guard or not. Really just don't care. If they give Hami the ball enough, who cares? I think it would be yeah. a, fun, a fun lineup. 
Yeah, and they, they can also start Hami and then bring Teo as first guy off the bench. And yeah. you play a bunch. With, like, you play him in a Schroeder role where he get to finish games and mm-hmm. he's the first off the bench. It's, it's like The point is playing him a lot with Shea. That is something that they want to see as well. And I was mm-hmm. hoping that he could get like a long run against Orlando. And he kind of did. He kind of played, I think, at least 10 minutes with Shea. Because Shea was really the focal, uh, the focus of the defense. Yeah. He got double team, triple team, and there was no one else who could really create uh, except for Maladon. And when Maladon was on the court, I think the flow was much better than he was off. So I really look forward to that. Uh, mm-hmm. And I agree. Hill will be traded. I think that uh, Sam is basically picking his card. Uh, he has a very thick deck of mm-hmm. choices with Hill. I think he he's, he has such a perfect salary to trade. Um, yeah. I think that it's smarter to, to wait until the guys who were signed using the full MLE can be traded, mm-hmm. which I know exact. I don't know exactly when it is, but I think it's maybe at the end of this month. I have no idea. I don't, I don't remember. I don't know if it's I, I, I should have asked John, uh, but I don't remember uh, if I did. And if I did, I don't remember the answer. Um, but if you wait, then you may see something interesting because maybe some team is not happy with his, with his Emily signing and George Hill makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Again, Brooklyn, I love the fit. We already discussed it. Brooklyn, just give us a pick, even protected plus Dinwiddie or whoever you want, Toran Prince. If you give us Prince, then it's a bit more costly for you, but that's that's it. Yeah. I mean, they're playing TLC. <clears throat> real minutes. Real, real it's minutes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. It's your nader. So it's it's fine to have during the regular season being like ninth to 10th man, but if you yeah. really want to, to, to have any success. When, when you have... Ben Simmons guarding you. What, like, if you have TLC handling the ball for one second and you have Ben Simmons on him, what is the result? <laughs> like, you know, with George Hill, maybe you get a shot, mm-hmm. and and it's it's worth a first a first round pick. It's mm-hmm. definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, Michele, did you have pizza when you came over to the U.S.? Yeah. Well, I I, I had pizza multiple times, not just. In you know no you know can see I don't think so but when I was in Purdue at Purdue yeah like it was every every Friday every Friday where what kind of pizza yeah. did, where did you get pizza from like a local uh, shop or like a chain restaurant well that depend I don't remember it was multiple ones did uh, you have any bad pizza while you were here bad pizza mm-hmm. it's it's not Italian pizza but pizza is not bad there. It's just different. It's not the same kind of thing. Well, so it's, well, describe the difference. I'm trying to develop like a pizza scale for us here. I was going to give you a few things and I was going to give you a, a pizza scale. Um, well, the the texture is is different. The, the, the yeast that you use is different. The quantity of yeast you use is very different. The the look of the pizza, like the, the one that you do that you get in Naples, is you have a very, very thick uh uh how can you say that? The border of the crust. Can you call it? The cr- it's not even a crust, it's soft. It's really um, 
you can fold the pizza easily it's very fluffy so it's um it's different then you have the roman pizza which is kind of more similar to the one they have in the us mm-hmm. but it's it, i would not rank them it's just different so i don't have a rank for pizza i can rank toppings for pizza okay what's a bad topping for pizza anything with eggs is terrible uh anything with fruit is generally terrible um anything with just mozzarella is okay if it's a good mozzarella better um my go-to is something that you don't have there uh it's uh, it's called in italian salsiccia and friarielli which is basically a very similar thing to broccoli with sausage and it's super good um pepperoni i like um i like anything with prosciutto so yeah so prosciutto and uh and real mozzarella is very good yeah that sounds great okay so there's is there no bad pizza is that is that what we discovered fruit on pizza yeah fruit is like the pizza the 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 one with pineapple to me is i like it i would i would eat it but but no no yes I like it, but apparently I just like trash food is what I'm discovering and doing these. I mean, Monday I can eat food. it. I would not pick it. Like it would be my last pick. I, I eat anything. I even eat Velveeta if you give it to me. But <laughs> probably on nachos I would. Um, but yeah. I even tried to make Nutella pizza once. Oh, like a dessert pizza. Yeah, I'm sure it was delicious. Yeah, not an experiment that I will try again anytime soon. (laughs) There are so many other things where you can put Nutella and are much, much better. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, (laughs) I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. And it's the best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Okay, so we'll do pineapple pizza or pepperoni pizza, uh, which is okay. kind of like a real or fake. Is this real? Okay. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander only averaging eighteen point eight points per game. Is that pineapple or pepperoni? Uh, if I say pepperoni, it means that it's going to stay right. No, it's, it's pineapple to me. Okay, he's going to be more efficient and probably he will not be over twenty five. I think but not below 20 if I have to bet today. Yeah. The thing that will help this is he's only shooting 29% from three on the season. He is yeah. nine of 31 on the season. 
Yeah, but he's 31 over five games is where I want him to be. Maybe even yeah. a tad higher. Yeah, six. I mean, that's six attempts per game. It's pretty mm-hmm. good. That's good. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Lugens Dort. Five three-point attempts per game, 44.4% from three. Is this pepperoni or is this pineapple? It's definitely pineapple, but I will win our bet. So where was this where is this gonna land, McKelly? Where is this where where did this four point five? Yeah, he is he's between thirty-three and thirty-five, if I have if I have to pick a range. He is definitely over twenty-nine point five. Yeah, I concede. I think I've. I think I can already concede that. That's he is. He's different. Mm-hmm. His shot is different. It's and better. He, he improved a lot. It's just his overall touch. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting to the rim. I. I don't know what he did. <laughs> I don't know. Who I, I want to. I want to take the same thing that he took over the over the right. season. I don't know how he did. Just it. Give me that. Uh, I don't think he worked with Lethal Shooter. Which has anybody? Have you ever seen anybody work with Lethal Shooter and just become a Lethal Shooter? Mm, I feel I like think so. Like Hami's worked with him. Dre's worked with him. I don't know. But Was, did he work with? Um, Kill Kill Kickers at a certain point? Yes. Or am I Yeah, he did. (laughs) Wow. That 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 picture is still It's so bad. (laughs) It's so bad. Uh yeah, I mean it's you can't he can't continue to shoot forty four percent from three, but he will he's going to be in the thirties. He's twelve of twenty seven from three so far. Yeah. The number of attempts I like. Um because he, it's not that he's taking five field goals and five trees. He's taking mm-hmm. 10, maybe even more than 10 field goals attempts per game. And, yeah. well, roughly 50-50 split. Yeah, it's 50-50, which is, yeah. Which is awesome. Which is just what you need yep. from a guy like that. And the drives that he's able to do are are just great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not just the reverse uh, layup, which was clearly a beauty but it's overall like he can just put the ball on the court and dribble and this is and he knows when to do it which is almost as important as um being able to which which is what i think uh, i still need to see from hami you need to know when it's the time to do a certain thing mm-hmm. and lou seems to get it yeah he does uh alexi Pokushevsky. Poor guy's got a concussion. I hate that for him. Hopefully he'll be back soon. But um, pepperoni or pineapple on 9% from the field for Alexei Pokushevsky. I would say more pepperoni than pineapple. I think you have like two slices of wow, pineapple. Wow, 9%? I was throwing you a no, softball here. No, no. it's. I would be surprised if you cross 25%. Wow. I would be extremely surprised, which is not a bad thing. I would, I would really hope for him to. I disagree. I think, I think it's bad. I think it's bad. I would say no, it's bad. It, it depends. It depends. It really depends on depends when. Depends on if you like points or not. 
Um, suppose that he is around 15% in March, like terrible. And then he has <laughs> one month and a half where he finally finds stroke and he is 40%. Yeah. And he ends up shooting 28, 29%, 25, yeah. 26, 27. I think something like that is going to happen. If it's above 30, great. I, I wouldn't bet anything yeah. of value that he him being well maybe above 25 yes but if you set the over under the same over under for that we set for Lou Dort I would pick the under quite comfortably yeah the thing with with Poku that is he's such a mixed bag but he's doing other things on the court which yeah. which is great like he's grabbed more rebounds than Lou Dort in the first five games. He has the second most blocks on the team in the first five games. He has the second most steals in the first five games. He's contributing in other ways. It's funny. He's got five total points and then like every other stat (laughs) is higher than his point total. Like his, his same amount of blocks and steals as he does points. Uh, He's got 10 turnovers in five games as well, which is not great, but it just means he's trying stuff. Like he's out there really trying and he has done some spectacular things with regards to passing and he has whipped the ball off the backboard so hard that I have literally never seen anything like that in my entire life. Like I've never, and I've watched a lot of basketball. I have never, ever seen that happen. It was unbelievable. And he's got a ways to go. He's got a long ways to go. Yeah. But he's he's shown enough where I'm still extremely intrigued by him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Pascal Siakam didn't play a lot in his first season, and it was not good. Yeah. Um, I'm not with entirely... I, I don't entirely agree with Jay when he says he needs to go into G League and be super duper. But if he has a chance to play there intensively for two weeks, I would not be against. Just go there, play two weeks, be back with the with the grown ups as soon as you've done your job there. Just yeah. just go there, free flow, show us everything you have. And play 38, 39 minutes a night. And just do whatever you feel it's great. And let us see. I, I'm afraid that it wouldn't be what people would want. Oh, no. But, it, but what people want is, is, is not a concern of mine. That's, the that's, point why, is, that's why I would want him to just stay with the Thunder. Because I'm not afraid I'm of the... the I'm just not sure it would be a good thing for his development. I would rather him stay with the big team and continue to play against high-level opponents and get. Mm-hmm. I'd rather him get the high-level opponent reps than go yeah. play against a lower level of competition. I don't know. I, I like. I'd rather see. I'd. I want him to get every look he can get this this season mm-hmm. against the best players. Yeah, but. And, I'm not talking about like a stable a stable thing. It's just two weeks, one week. Yeah. I, I could even see him if they play the Ignite team, just go there and play against Kuminga and, mm-hmm. and and Green and see what you got and tell us what you think about those players. 
something like that. I, yeah. I, I want to see That's him. That's interesting. That's interesting. But yeah, I mean, I would I would be okay playing Pogo 20 minutes from tomorrow. I don't possibly care about seeing. I, I love Mike Muscala as a player. I mean, he's a like three he's, point monster. He, he's been really nice. He's yeah. really, really good. If you tell me tomorrow Poco plays center, great. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't I don't really care. Uh I know that you need to have some resemblance of being a team that is trying to do things properly. But I don't know. Maybe Poco is my Porzingis. I want him to be a rim protector and I want to play him a lot at the center position. Why not? I want to discover things with him. So, he doesn't want he does not want to play center, I'll tell you that. I I, I can care the least. He is, he's mortified to play well, against opposing centers. I'll tell I'm, you I'm that. not saying that you need to play against Gobert 20 minutes, but you can play 20 minutes against Isaiah Hartenstein if you want. Yeah, he's playing for, not, he's playing for another team, but I don't remember who is playing backup center for the Jazz. Uh, oh, his favors. Denver, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't remember who was the backup for the Jazz. Who, who is oh, yeah, Favors. favors. Yeah, yeah. 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 I um, I think they need to keep playing him on the wing. I think you need. I think those are the skills that make him unique. Yeah, is his ability to play upright, facing the basket at all times, and if he can do that, and I just think that if they just want to make, and you can see this with the way that they've drafted and the way that they're developing guys, is that. They can be, they can form maybe the most versatile team in the history of the NBA mm-hmm. over the course of the next few drafts. With just, you just look at the guys that are coming up. If they can get like one, like if they could get Chet, I mean, that would be unbelievable to pair him with Shea and with Poku and with Baisley and with Dort. Like they would be unbelievably versatile uh Cade Cunningham obviously is a guy that has a ton yeah. of versatility with regards to position like you could there's a world where he plays like and defends power forwards right like and is a point guard on offense he's like Ben Simmons if Ben Simmons had a better offensive game uh he's not as athletic as Ben we and we'll get to that at some point but they have the chance to just form an outrageously versatile lineup. And I want them to, and I think, I think the Thunder have some regrets about the way that they played and developed Jeff Green. Yeah. Uh, It was a different history. It was a different, it was a different time. Yeah. We weren't in the era of positionless basketball, but I think that if the Thunder could go back and do something different developmentally, not like trade-wise or anything like that, but just like purely when with regards to development, yeah. I think they would have put the ball in Jeff Green's hands more and yeah. developed him to be more of a point-forward type of player. Yeah. And I don't think they want to make... I I think that that they look at Baisley and I think they look at Poku and they're like, we're not going to make that mistake again. Yeah. We're going to make sure that these guys are as versatile as possible. Yeah, um, but I do think that the best version of this team is the one with two guys like Poco and Baisley in the front court. That's possible. Or or if Chet, Baisley, and Poku. Well, and, whatever. 
and Shang yeah. and yeah or Mobley or Kuminga whatever I need guys that can do everything Mobley dude I would freak out if they got Evan Mobley I'd I'd absolutely lose it I have I would, to I have to go back to films and watch a little bit more I have seen very little so far. I would I would watch every game four times of the Thunder if they had him <laughs> Isn't isn't it you. the same with with Suggs and and Cunningham though? Yeah, I mean it is. Yes, and they will probably be better with either one of those guys. But what Evan Mobley does on the court, dude, I it would be it would be wild. It would be a wild team where you just wouldn't know. You just genuinely couldn't say what position anybody plays. Yeah. It would be outstanding. It would be amazing. And I don't know how good they would be, which would be great because I don't think they would be very good. I think that they would just be crazy interesting. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you have a chance to get another guy in 2022. Yeah. I mean, this is why you want to be bad, guys. Like, this is why. You want to give yourself a chance to get one of these guys. These There are special, special players at the top of the draft. I don't know if there's people say seven. I don't know if there's seven, but maybe there's five. Maybe there's four. It's tricky to get one of those. You want that's where you want to be. And I know it was fun to beat the magic. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the game. Yeah, me too. But you have to, they just have to be bad to get there. It just have yeah. to be. And bad doesn't mean having all the games like the the one against the Pelicans. That yeah. was interesting for 25, 28 minutes and then it was rubbish. Um, but you can be competitive and lose. Uh, if you are too competitive, then probably you are not going to lose as many games as you, as you want. But you can mm-hmm. at least be competitive with some of your lineups. Like when you play Kenrich and uh, and other guys you are probably being like demolished by any team that is good um mm. but it's fine if your starter unit competes and you make runs and in the, in the end you you lose by 10 great this mm-hmm. is the perfect outcome mm-hmm. uh last question before we go would you trade for marvin bagley <laughs> Depends. My answer can cannot be no. I wouldn't say no. It would it would be stupid to say no. But if I have to think about the value that Sacramento wants, then probably is a no. Yeah. Okay. Why? I mean, why say no? I don't think he's smart. He is underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. probably has a complicated matter with his family between his family and the, the team which is something that you don't want right. um, so it's a kind of a red flag but he's a guy that was number two pick and we all know that Trey was better that Doncic was better and he was probably number five on our boards yeah. but still number five on our boards is damn good Mm-hmm. You don't say no to a 
former top five pick just because you don't like his father because he's like calling your coach yogurt instead of yogurt that that (laughs) that is that is quite bad uh we should not uh say that it's not bad but it depends on the price and the price to me today is too steep because it's the first round pick and a good one and there's no way there's just no way if you say well you trade us george hill and Miami's 2021 and we give you Bagley. Yeah. Maybe it's still a bit too much. Maybe I would try to 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 think to make them think we'll get the Warriors pick. <laughs> yeah, you can trick them into thinking they're getting our first round pick. No, it's it, not even tricky. It's like we're giving you a player that we think it's worth of a protected first round pick. We'll give you a little bit more than that. What about what about Horford and it's Barnes and Bagley and you give them No, if it's if it's Barnes, I don't give you anything. You can just be my guest. If you want to give them best Bagley can be the asset, but no. And I'm inclined to say I'm still missing something here on your side. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. is not enough. Like I don't like Barnes. As a contract, because it's yeah, he's not good. He's not good to be traded, but mm, it's not the guy that I want as part of my development team. I agree. I I would not want him on the Thunder because he takes minutes from Baisley, Poku, guys like that. Where you just I don't want I don't want guys I don't want a guy like that soaking up minutes. Mm-hmm. I would. I have to be able to find a spot to flip him quickly, and I just don't think you can. I think he's a no. little, he's like Horford. He's worse than Horford, but yeah, it's like Horford, but a worse contract. Where yeah, I don't yeah, know that they can move Horford this year, and I definitely think they could not move Barnes this year. I I think that for contracts like that where you see little upside, you need to get an unprotected first if you want to take them on your books. Would you just do Horford for Bagley? and Barnes straight up. Would you do it straight up? No. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay. I would do Horford for um, Barnes and an unprotected first. Yes. Heck yeah. Yeah, but but this is the price. I mean, what's the incentive that the Thunder have to do anything less? Yeah. They'll just keep Horford. He's fine. He is worth five wins, maybe? Yeah, uh, that's mm-hmm. that's like lowering your odds, yes. But Barnes doesn't do anything for me. And if Horford keeps shooting five, six threes per game, I will get at least two second rounders, which yeah. is better than Barnes and Bagley on your books. Yep, it's true. Uh, the Thunder are in Miami tonight against the Heat. They tip at 6 o'clock Central Time. Should be. I mean, that's it's an interesting game, without yeah. a doubt. Maybe, uh, maybe Presley and Riley will discuss about removing the protection and getting one of Horford and Hill as a prize to do that, so that they perhaps, can they can trade for Harden. For, that would be great. That would mm-hmm. make a lot of sense. So I think, I mean, they should lose to Miami in Miami. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, they do. We'll see. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. 
be sure to follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barra. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Hope you guys are doing well and that you have a great Monday. And we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday.